Yeah, let's go. All right, so what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jonathan D'Angelo, a.k.a. Johnny D. My girl, Nico Yasha09. And you are review. We are back. Tonight, we're talking about uh, voting. Uh, uh, We got these cool mandatory backgrounds uh, because that's what the... That's what the the board (laughs) wanted. (laughs) That's what the board wanted. Do not say it. That's what I, that's what, that's what the board wanted. But look, okay. uh, (laughs) No, I can't show you my room. You know, but no, yeah. But (laughs) so, yeah, that's why. My room was, what? My room is immaculate. Chill. Anyway, so. But no, tonight we're talking about uh, we're ta- tonight we're talking about the black vote. Um, I know this week voting is a th- voting has been a big thing. Um, it's this week has been crazy. We're still waiting on Nevada. You know what I mean? Nevada could expeditiously acquire the Raiders, but could not count votes qu- that that quickly. Um, <laughs> so, like, listen, they could do their pharmacy techs are counting pills faster than they can count the votes. I I can't right now. <laughs> like Nevada brought people back through tourism during COVID faster than they've counted votes. I look, oh, listen, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but you know, but tonight we're going to talk about the black vote and um, we're going to talk about the history of the black. We're going to go over the history of the black vote, what black people had to do to be able to vote and what we're going through now. Um, first of all, first and foremost, speaking of the black vote, shout out to Georgia for taking their curse of voting <laughs> Yo! and applying Yo. it to Trump. Good shit. I'm proud of y'all. Who was up? Not because of insomnia, but probably because of insomnia till 5 a.m. and watch that vote, fl- that whole state flip. Listen, your girl did. Listen, at, <laughs> Georgia is known for and who also Huh? Who also watched the freaking state of Pennsylvania flip too? Right. Yo. Right. Like, George is known for blowing leads. So Trump thought he, I don't know why Trump thought he had that. He was like, oh, I got this. Like, George, listen, listen. listen. George, George's stats ain't been the same since they lost to the Patriots. So I don't, like, Trump thought he had the no. whole South. And I, for a second, I did too. I was like, damn, here we go again. You know, but nah, Georgia came through. Shout out to mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams for making that happen. We'll get some uh, more about her in a little bit. Um, but let's, let's let's get to let's get to let's get to, let's get to the meat and potatoes. So the reason why the black vote is important is because we're the blurred view. And we're about black nerd shit um, with the emphasis on black. So you know, our vote has mattered in the last two in the last two elections uh, for sure. Um, as it stands right oh. now, um, 87% of black people voted for Biden and 12% voted for Trump. Um, 80% of black men voted for Biden. 91% of black women voted for him. 18% of 18, it's like an 18 to 20% margin voted for Trump. Uh, black men voted for Trump. We'll get to more of that in a second as well. And 8% of black women voted for Trump. Now, black women consistently outvote us every, for the last, they, black women have been consistently outvoting us. Um, I don't know why black men don't show up. Like, I really don't have an answer to that. Like, I can't speak for all black men. I don't, just, yeah. I, I, I voted I in negative 20, so I can't say it's laziness because I, I, I went out negative 20. Um, but as far as black votes go, and this is this is all obviously these this election stats. Um, so eighteen to twenty nine was ninety percent of Biden Biden's votes. 
and 9% of Trump's votes. Again, these are, these are black. So black people between the ages yeah. of 18 and 29, 90% provide nine for Trump. Um, between the ages of 30 and 44, again, black, 79% mm-hmm. voted for Biden and 19 voted for Trump. Um, and that's where you start to get into that conservative age range, right? That traditional conservative age range. Um, between the ages of 45 and 59, 89 people voted for Biden and 10% of them voted for Trump. Um, and then 60 plus, 92% voted for Biden and 7% voted for Trump. Again, this is all black vote. Um, I, for ages 18 to 29 and 60 plus specifically, I feel like what it comes down to is 18 to 30. I'd say a solid 18 to 30. We're just, we're, all the political stuff we've had to go through, not just this year, but in the last several, right? Um, the injustices, the mm-hmm. police brutality injustices, um, stop and frisk laws still being a thing, um, and high incarceration rates, um, us having, us, the United States, states themselves, having to pass laws to protect uh, black and brown people from certain discriminations like hair texture, name, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. things like that. And then the 60 plus crowd, I feel like, and I can't speak for them uh, at, you know, I can't speak for them properly, but I feel like, you know, 60 plus that civil rights era. A lot of people think that that should happen a long time ago. Nah, that was legit. Like, no. Nope. 70 years that was that was not that long ago no so my this- da- like let's let's put in perspective y'all my dad is 70 he was he he was a teenager during all of that yeah so like the civil rights era the civil rights generation voting uh higher for trump makes perfect sense to me because if you think about all the things that trump all the bad all the bad that trump has uprooted in this country, whether directly or indirectly, directly reflects upon what the civil rights generation and the generations prior to that had to go through. Um, and so, of course, you fight for civil rights for so long that all of a sudden you got Trump up here saying that, you know, between during the um, the was it Virginia University, was that Virginia, right, university that they had that protest mm-hmm. where Trump was like, there's good okay. people on both sides. You know what I mean? Like hearing that at 60. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing that at 60 plus, you're like, so I protested these same people that you're now approving. You know what I mean? Like I, that's, I, I could see mm-hmm. them voting for Biden. I definitely see that. Um, so a little bit of history. Um, so black, I'm not going to count the three fifths law. So the three fifths law was every three fifths of a slave got uh, counted as one vote that only benefited the plantation owner because during slavery, they needed more votes, but they didn't want to give blacks the right to vote. So they went, but only white land owning men could vote. White land owning men can vote, um, which was like, uh, six, I think it was 6% of the population. So what ended up happening was, yeah, um, they decided that because only white land owning or white property owning men could vote, and by property that did count slaves because slaves were considered property, they said, yep. "Well, every we three property. Yep, every three of out of every three out of five slaves counts as one vote, right? So, if you had a plantation of, I don't know, fifteen slaves, 
you got yourself and then five slaves, each as one vote. So you got six votes on your plantation, you know? And so that's what the three-fifths law was for, was um, be adding votes where they didn't have any. But I'm going to skip over that because that didn't give us the right to vote. So Black people actually first technically got the right to vote in 1868. And that wasn't all Black people. That was just Black men. Black men got the right to vote in... No. That was just Black men. Black men got the right to vote in 1870. Black people didn't get their citizenship, their, their American citizenship, until 1868, which gave citizenship to anybody born in the United States or of... Uh, or who, anybody who was born in the United States or descended from slaves were allowed, were allowed their citizenship in 1868. In 1870, Black men technically got the right to vote, but the problem with that was that we didn't... We got the right to vote, but that didn't stop discrimination from states denying Black men the right to vote. Um, mm-hmm. In 1870, yep. segregation was implemented immediately after civil, the Civil War. Um, and even though segregation was prominent in the South, segregation was actually a nationwide thing. A lot of people associate segregation with the South, but it was actually a nationwide thing. Um, <clears throat> bans mm-hmm. on interracial marriage, interracial relationships, um, uh, whites only facilities, uh, sundown towns started to become implemented immediately after the Civil War. Um, and then uh, with that, you had Jim Crow. Jim Crow was implemented almost immediately after the Civil War as well um, in emancipation. And so Jim Crow, you know, the whites only thing, sundown towns were made illegal. You could lynch a black person. Um, you could you know, the KKK became a thing and, you know, you know, the terrorizing of black, the black population, um, the black Jewish and Native American pop and Hispanic population. Um, so when black people, when black men got the right to vote in 1870, it was hard pressed to do so because they had to fight against racism and discrimination just on the basis of being black. And then there were other things in place that also stopped them from uh, voting, um, such as um, terrorism, domestic terrorism, literacy tests, poll tax. You used to have to pay to vote. If you're black, they make you pay to vote. They'd be like, oh, you want to vote? That's $10. Like, where, where am I going to get $10 from? <laughs> like, because there were, no right. state, there were no federal laws regulating the, the state <laughs> voting laws. Black women technically got the right no. to vote in 1920. This was 50 years yep. later. And then he, yep, and that was the 19th Amendment. So, and what made it worse is like that still didn't exactly include black women, still technically. <laughs> it was just like certain black women, but mostly white women. <laughs> and and that's, mm-hmm. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. And it was like, Mainly um, the North, North, and what I mean by specific Black women, like in the North, it was okay for Black women to vote, but still in the South, they did not want Black women to vote, which was still a prevalent issue because the good old South just hates Black people. Like, let's just be real. And that's when they had Diane Nash, Ella Baker, and Fannie Lou Hammer. They kept continuing fighting that good fight for women, all women, including Black women and Native American women, to get their rights to vote, which helped with the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which finally allowed all women, all women of color, to finally be able to vote. And, and the, voter, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 also regulated um, 
it, it, it prohibited against voting discrimination on all levels. So even though the federal uh, level said, hey, anybody can vote, the Voting Rights Act also demanded that states not vote, the vote, ah, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 stated that states could not discriminate in any way against anybody trying to vote. So there were no more, there was no more terrorizing the voters. There was no more poll uh, tax, no more literacy tests. You couldn't set up a voting uh, station in a whites only building to prevent black people from voting. Um, that was the thing. They used segregation in Jim Crow to, and especially in the South, to stop voting uh, happening. And so um, they also, also going back to, um, I got in my notes here, going back to um, voting, going back to voting rights, right? Uh, black women had the right to vote. But fun fact, when black women were allowed the right to vote in 1920, they had to, there were the state laws said certain state laws were like, oh, well, yeah, you can vote, but you have to be registered to vote six months prior to the election. Well, when they announced that women had the right to vote in 1920, the election was like a couple months later. So black women didn't get to vote in that election that year because of the fact that they weren't registered to vote six months prior. It was just like, it was just little, just tidbitty things um, that kept black people from voting. And so Flashing forward, um, we have to talk about, we mentioned her before, we have to talk about Stacey Abrams. So Stacey Abrams was uh, going for, um, she was going, she was, she was running, she was, uh, she was running for, was it mayor, I think it was, in Georgia? Uh, yeah. Governor, mayor? Um, yeah. And so she was I running. Think it was mayor. Yeah, I think it was mayor. She was running against um, Daniel, where, what's his name? 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 Running against Daniel, um, I'm slipping. Uh, oh, Brian Kemp. My bad. I'm tripping. Brian Kemp. <laughs> I'm wilding. So Stacey Abrams running running against Brian Kemp back in the 2018 election, and she lost because Brian Kemp's administration, at the last minute, um, enacted voter suppression laws so that he could win. And the reason why that was legal is because um, the voter the Voting Rights Act. The section five that actually prevented states from um, prevented states from discriminatory uh, voting practices, the Supreme Court ruled that in order for that section to hold weight, voters had to individually file claims and prove themselves that they were discriminated against. So what states started doing immediately after the Supreme Court ruled that was they started implementing low, like really sneaky tactics to uh, discriminate against their voters, specifically their black and uh, POC voters in the South. Obviously, this is a Southern issue. Um, and so Brian Kemp's administration did that in 2018. And um, it was proven that uh, Stacey Abrams was right, that it was voter suppression that kept her from winning. And so she started a lot of different um, organizations to fight back against voter suppression, not just for Black people, but for Hispanics and other uh, races as well. And she actually pulled in. Thanks to her actions. Especially action. the Native American. Yeah. And thanks, and thanks to her actions in 2018, Georgia registered 800,000 new voters for this election. Thanks to Stacey. So we have Stacey to count for Georgia turning blue, the only Southern state <laughs> in that in the dirty South to turn blue is thanks to yeah. Stacey. Um, and that's that's really big. That's really important. And shout out to Stacey for that. Uh, she really pulled through when it mattered. Um, so 
we're going to talk this election. So we gave you guys the voting stats earlier in, uh, at the beginning of the episode, but um, it, it's, I, I see a lot of outcry from black women uh, about outvoting black men again. Uh, I honestly believe that the reason for that is that there are more black women than black men. And remember too, we have a high incarceration population of black men and they're not allowed to vote. Yep, and as and a lot of them tr- also get tried for felonies and in the United States if you have a felony you are no yeah. longer eligible to vote anymore. Right. So I think the reason Which, why thankfully there are people out there fighting to get that overturned because some some felonies if you look out what counts as a felony it'll make you go this counts as a felony like Yeah. Like and it's like and it doesn't make any sense like it makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense why it like counts as a felony and it, and which is why people are fighting to get that overturned so felons have the eligibility to vote again. Yeah, and I think I think it's a population issue. I don't think it's that black men just don't give a fuck. I honestly think it's a population issue. There are more black women in the United States than black men. There are more black women eligible to vote than black men. And we'll get to that in a second, too, because I think that that kind of drips into our uh, the next couple topics we're going to talk about. So 20 um, percent of black men voted for Trump. And 80 percent of black men voted, 80 percent of black men voted for Biden. Ninety five percent of black men voted for Obama. So Biden got 15 percent less of the vote than Obama did. Um, and uh, I honestly think that the reason behind that is because when Obama got elected, that was, he was black. You know what I mean? Like, I was I was watching the Boondocks episode. You remember the Boondocks episode where Obama gets elected and he was like, whatever? Yeah, and, and he's like, yeah, why are you, like, Huey, if you could vote, why would you vote for Obama? He's like, because he's black. And yeah, honestly, Riley said that, yeah. That, honestly, that was a lot of people's logic for both of his election terms. Like, yeah. Especially was, the first one. They were like, oh, it's because he's black. But then, like, you know, once he ran for re-election, people finally got a feel for what Obama was doing and, like, his policies. That's when people were like, okay, maybe. Because like, <laughs> that was, the, I think that was the funniest part of that. I rewatched that Boondocks episode just to get a laugh. But, because that's how I felt about Biden being elected. I was like, eh. <laughs> but I think there was, I think uh, Aaron, McGreg- Aaron McGregor dropped some gems in that because it was like, um, everybody was like, oh, I love Obama. He's so great. And they were like, why do you like Obama? Because he's black. He's one of us. You know, and there was that sense of like hope and establishment and, and legitimacy and, you know what I mean? And go ahead. And it's like, the, and he hid a lot of like fun gems in that episode because like, he was like, do you not know anything about the policies that Obama's doing? And Grant is like, no, he's like, do you know that you qualify under his tax bracket that you would be taxed? And he's like, what you mean? He's like, yeah. it's like people didn't take their time to actually research. No, like, they just were like, oh, Obama's black. So I, I'm voting for him. And that's the funny thing is like, so um, I think that's why a lot of people turned out to vote for Obama. And, and, you know, and he was a great personality wise. Obama was a great guy. Right. Like, you know, he was shooting in the gym. You know, he had a fine ass wife. You know what I'm saying? He was wearing suits that weren't the regular color. And people were just like, that was like the biggest scandal for like for Obama. Like he wore the a tan. Yeah, the tan. How dare the person? A tan. No, it was a tan suit. How dare he? And also when he when people were trying to get him for how he ordered a cheeseburger. 
<laughs> let's not forget how people try to discredit him for how he wanted his own cheeseburger. Right. Like, like it was that Dijon mustard or <laughs> like that was and that's the thing, like and they made the media, <laughs> the media like had a field day over him ordering a burger with mustard on it, no ketchup. Like this is what y'all ragging on him for. Like, okay. But that's the thing, like, in that, epi- in that Boondocks episode, right, it was because he was Black that most Black people voted for him. But at, at the same time, you're right. They were like, so what are his policies? In reality, it was true. It was. Yeah, of course. Like, what, 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 what were Obama, like, you know, uh, Granddad was like, oh, he's going to lower my taxes. He's like, actually, you qualify to get your taxes increased. He's like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, Obama's going to do this, this, and this. He's like, actually, like, he's going to withdraw the troops. He's like, actually, no, he's not. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, Granddad was like, what the fuck is the Black ass going to do? And that's the thing, like, what, Obama had a lot of great ideas, right? Clean energy, I fucked with that. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Obamacare, I actually, it, I mean, Obamacare was very hit or miss depending on who it, you were and what your circumstance was, but it was a good it idea. Set, it did. It's it just set the steps. It just yeah. set the steps to get changed to make it better for the future. If we've got a competent person in office that could help expand the the bad parts of it to make it more better for everyone but like it did help a lot of good people like so many people were able to get insurance finally Mm. um unfortunately there was people where their insurance unfortunately did increase but it wasn't their fault it was more so the money hungry insurance companies because they were being told that they would have to allow some more people on their plans and so what did they do they we're like, well, since we're getting more people, we're going to charge you more then. So mm-hmm. it wasn't exactly his fault. It was just the insurance companies being greedy for premiums going up. And and that's the thing, right? Like, I think um, with, you know, not, and I'm not taking anything away from Obama. He did a lot for, he did a lot for, uh, you know, he did a lot. <laughs> he did a lot. You know, there, you know, every, every president, every, every, every president has their moments where you're like, really? And every president has moments like, yeah, like, you know, uh, but at the same time, right? Um, I think the reason why black men backtrack, and a lot, of, I, I, you know, I'm in a lot of, uh, I'm in a couple of, not a lot, I'm not gonna say a lot, but I'm in a couple of different, like Facebook <laughs> groups and a couple of different circles, and people were like, "Well, black men don't support mm-hmm. black women because they're not going, they're not so, like black men are supporting Kamala Harris." And I really took a step back because I wasn't for or against Kamala personally. I knew that Biden was going to mm-hmm. be but Trump is the Trump is like the greater evil but like Biden is going to be the dude that comes in and we're just like oh it's not Trump and that's all that matters like he's that guy he's like the fail safe right for the fallout like you know what i mean like but at the same it's right. like like Joe was like Joe's bad <laughs> but at least we know he would listen to the people around him and what they're saying yeah. and not like just be like it's my way or the highway like Trump is the nuclear bomb, but Biden is the bunker with no food in it. That's that's how right, I it's like you're gonna be safe, but you're gonna be hungry while you wait it out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's, that's like you're gonna be missing something, but it's not like you died in a nuclear holocaust. Like it's one of those like catch twenty twos. Um, right, it's not like you're dead. <laughs> but the reason why I think a lot of black men didn't vote for did, I think a lot I th- the reason why this is my logic, right? And I, I did some I, I did a little dumpster diving, right? And so it goes. A lot of black men were talking about Kamala Harris's Kamala Harris's stint as um, the Attorney General of California, right, and the DA of San, San Francisco, right, right. 
and they were talking they, and um yeah. this this goes back to I think my mom even said I mean my mom were having this conversation too and my mom was around during the time that California passed the three strikes law and the Clinton administration passed their crime bill and so crime was at an all-time high California had had a decade or decade decade and a half worth of serial killers <laughs> like literal like Charles Manson all like serial killer they had like they had like oh, yeah. a decade, yeah they had like That's a decade right. of serial killers um Crime was at an all-time high in the entire country. You had Reaganomics, you had Reaganomics hit, which had trickle-down economics that didn't actually trickle down. Um, you had the influx of drugs and uh, weapons in the black community after the um, after the dissection and the destruction of the Black Panther Party. Um, a lot of people don't understand, but the gangs you see in Black America now actually were sections of the Black Panther Party and other parties like it that were initially used to govern and protect the Black community, but became corrupt over time. Uh, the FBI dismantled the Black Panther Party from the inside out. There was supposed to be a movie that was supposed to come out this year about it, actually. Um, but the FBI... Right, but the... That didn't happen. Yeah, COVID. But the FBI paid um, paid one of the one of the um, one of the Black Panther Party members three hundred dollars to infiltrate to the highest ranks and dismantle the Black Panther Party from top to bottom. Three hundred dollars to sell out mm-hmm. your sell out your people. But um, so the 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 section the gangs that you see the gangs that you saw in the early nineties were derived from Neighborhood Watch, basically. Um, and that's another story for another time. But crime was at an all-time high in the country. Um, we had drugs getting flown into black community, into poor communities. Those poor communities started, you know, those poor communities started selling drugs or using drugs. So you had crime, you had gang violence for drug territory. You had petty, petty crime for drug, you know, due to drug possession and, and you know, and drug usage, you know, and so, you know, and, and police, police, um, Police regulation was at an all-time high because crime was at an all-time high, which means police brutality was at was rose. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the LA, you had the LA riots, the Ross riots. Um, uh, you had um, Rodney King, uh, the Rodney King incident. You know, because um, black, like, because these poverty areas were black, Latino, Asian, Native American. And so the and so these groups, these minority groups, were stereotyped for crime because that's where you found the crime. You're gonna always find crime in poor areas because those areas struggle to survive, and they struggle and survive by any means necessary. So it became discriminatory, right? Sometimes that means you gotta rob against people, you know? (laughs) Right. And the crime and the and the 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 three strike rule was implemented because people were getting out of of prison. Uh, and they were committing more. For, they were committing more heinous crimes. Not being like you let somebody they weren't out. rehabilitated to come back right. to society. They weren't. They were just punished. So people were getting out for. They were getting out for murder. Then going back and committing more murder. And so they were like, "All right, well, three strikes, you're out. So if you hit three strikes, you're out. You're permanently in jail. You don't get to go back. Um, uh, not collect five hundred dollars. You cannot go uh, past go. And go. So so um. And then Clinton administration passed their crime bill, um, and that allowed stop and frisk. That allowed um, that 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 backed the three strike rule. It gave harsher sentencing to uh, repeated felons. The problem too is this was actually touched on in older black films. So nineties and like before films, yeah, it was. 
Um, but this concept really caught my attention from a movie, actually. So um, I can't remember. I don't remember the movie, but it was a black film. And they were talking about like wanting to go to jail. And the person was like, well, why would you want really to go back? Why would you want to? I know. Why would you want to go back to jail? And the conversation between the two actors was, well, if I go to jail, I get a roof over my head. I get three meals a day. I get a place to sleep and I get health care until the next season. So a lot of people were committing petty crimes just to go back to jail to escape homelessness and to escape uh, to escape homelessness in the winter. Because even in L.A., it gets cold. Um, They were they were they didn't have a job, but they had some sort of work in jail. So they were people were committing crimes to go to jail just to be housed. And so what the three strike rule then did, because they weren't being uh, rehabilitated, they weren't being prepped for society and society wasn't prepped for them. So you commit a crime, you get out of jail, you're not getting a job, you're not getting a loan, you're not getting a place to stay. You know, so you're either homeless mm-hmm. or you go back to a life of crime. So the three strike rule, you commit three three crimes, you're permanently in jail. So these homeless people trying to get off the street who had nowhere to go ended up back in jail just because they needed a place to go, but they ended up stuck in jail because they'd hit their crime limit, their three strike limit. And Kamala Harris didn't actually implement the law, but she never she never voted to repeal it. That's the thing. And, and I think the reason why black mm-hmm. that's the I, thing what people were getting on her for. And I think the reason why black men didn't want her is because Biden voted for the Clinton administration's crime bill. Kamala Harris implemented. The, th- the the three strike rule in the crime bill. Um, I pulled stats from uh, CBS. Uh, when was yeah? I pulled I pulled stats um, that was saying that as of 2018, blacks were six percent of California's population, but 29 percent of the state's prison population. That was during Kamala Harris's uh, uh, senator stint. And then that also trickled over from her stint as DA and attorney general. So, Mm -hmm. and so, and this was during Obama's administration too, by the way. Um, And I know Obama made a couple of speeches about trying to lower the incarceration rate, but 6% of California's population was black, but 29% of California's prison population was black. That's high. That's really high. And I think that's why a lot of black men were- Like if you think about it, yeah. I think that's why a lot of black men were worried about uh, Kamala Harris and Biden winning because Biden voted for the crime bill. He was right there in the Senate, voted for the crime bill. Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris implemented the three strike rule and the three strike rule in the crime bill disenfranchised blacks because now blacks are being targeted for crimes based on generational stereotypes generational stereotypes like oh we're in a poor area there's black people so those black kids must be they must have drugs on them why because they're in this neighborhood and they're black and they're in the poor area right they're white people in rich (laughs) neighborhoods with drugs what else would they be doing (laughs) but but it this it's it's singled out and disenfranchised blacks and so again like even if a black person had maybe you Robbed, maybe you got maybe you got arrested for like maybe you got into a fight on the street, the police showed up, arrested you, you got charged with assault. But you're not a bad person, you just got caught up in a situation. Well, they now know your name. They pull you right. over for stop and frisk, they pull your name on their computer. Oh, you've been in jail before, so I know you doing something suspicious. So it singled out people with minor right. offenses as well. Not to mention the fact that you know, once marijuana started becoming legal across other states. 
there are still people in states, including California, especially California, who are still locked up for possession from yep. years ago because marijuana possession used to be a federal crime. So Kamala Harris didn't actually let these people out. So I think the reason why, and I'm not against Kamala nope, Harris, I'm just, I'm just giving y'all the facts. Like, I think black men were afraid to vote for her and Biden because they were afraid for their freedom. They thought maybe that criminal like laws against mm-hmm. criminals would be tighter because black men criminal or not are right. Still and I don't blame them. Black men criminal or not are still stereotyped. Right. So it's like you, you know, like, you know, it, it's bad enough. I can't walk down the street. Can't be asleep in my room. Can't be going to the grocery store without getting shot and killed by police. I'm already stereotyped just for the way I look, mm-hmm. but you got two people in office now who have enforced some of the strictest crime laws in the country as of a, within, a, within the last 50, 40, 50 years, and they're leading the country. These are people leading the country. So it makes you wonder, you know, like, what does that mean for my freedom and my future, my son's future, my dad's future? At the same time, though, I will back Biden and say he did, Trump called him out for that crime bill. And he said, listen, the, we, the bill needed to be passed. We passed it. We didn't think about the implications it would have on the people it affected. We just passed the bill. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I was wrong. And then he turned to Trump and said, okay, but white supremacy. <laughs> but, but you know, right. you know, he did apologize for it. And, and Kamala Harris did say that she was going to work to lower incarceration rates. You know, so we'll see. I mean, as vice president, she can't pass a law. But, I mean, we'll see who she... Whispers to, you know what I'm saying? We'll but see. she can help influence the Congress mm-hmm. because it still has to go through Congress first before anything. So she can whisper things into them to help get the problem solved, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and especially since we got a lot more Democrats inside the um, Congress now, especially in the House. We can, especially, I think there was three. Let me double check. I think there was four Black men now on there. Let me double check real fast for that got seated on. No, two. It was two. Um, Jabari Breesport um, and Chevron Jones, they're two new House representatives. Um, Jabari is for New York and Chevron is for Florida. And they're also the first openly LGBTU House of Representative members, too. So we're definitely going to start seeing some changes in there. I've seen that. And I, I, I would like to see I would like to see those caught for possession, just possession charges for marijuana, their record expunged. There are rich white people making money off right now. Like there I could from my house, from my apartment, I could walk one block and there's two weed shops, white owned, and there are people in jail for possession. And that blows my mind. Rich white people can make money off of what black people used to go to jail for, which is crazy because marijuana was has only been illegal for like three generations, four generations. Not that long. Yeah, marijuana's only been illegal for like four generations max. That's the crazy part. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's sad to see and we're hoping that, you know, something can be done through the Biden, uh, through the Biden administration to, to fix that. Because, I mean, through the... Through the Obama administration, weed became legal, um, but nothing was done about the people that were actually mm-hmm, put on the first step. Yeah. So hopefully we can take some more steps in that. But I think that's why black men voted mostly for Trump, because even though Trump was saying some wild ass shit, Trump wasn't saying he was going to lock us up. 
he didn't guarantee our livelihood either, but at least he wasn't trying to lock us up. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was the mentality. Maybe, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm just dumpster diving. So here's the whole thing. Go ahead. Like, no, that's why I will. Like, I, if, if they do get elected, which it looks like they might at this point, knock on wood, because things can happen. But here's the hoping that they can both start putting um, whispers into the Congress and also down to the state levels as well, which can trickle down to the local levels to start decriminalizing it more on that level, as well as start hopefully getting the ballrooms to start sponging those records from those people, because it's complete and utter bullshit that we have so many weed dispensers that are white owned and we still have our own people locked up. So I want them to start like getting rid of these records, especially since some of them, depending on the time they got locked up, it was considered a felony at that time. And the president can pardon those people. So here's the hoping that can get the ball running. I mean, Congress, the Senate, the Congress could pardon those people. Like all they had to do is just pass a bill. And that's the thing is like, Oregon just legalized every, Oregon was like, you want to do cocaine? Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Like Oregon just, Oregon said you cannot get arrested for possession of meth cocaine, marijuana. Like, I was like, meth? Meth? You just giving out meth? Like, that was the most wild thing. I was like, Oregon. Like, I know Oregon is, like, the most liberal of liberal states, but, like, meth? Cocaine? Like, like, so if you can do, if you can, if you can skate by in Oregon with a meth and coke, with possessing meth and cocaine, then I'm gonna need y'all to let, I'm gonna need y'all to let my people out for marijuana. Like, in Oregon, you could hold, you could, you could be pulled over and have meth and cocaine, and they have to let you. Like, no, nah, I need no. <laughs> we we need to fix that. Like, there's no way. Um, That's what. Okay, I finally I found the, I found the number I was looking for. So when Obama, so back in 2017, when Obama was still in office, he um, gave 330 pardons to federal inmates, especially uh, drug offenders mm. on January 19th and his last full day in office. So I want Biden to keep up this. <laughs> if he, if he is still a bro to his buddy Obama, he better start giving more pardons out to these federal, to all no. these people in prison. Like no, he absolutely. better. <laughs> absolutely. I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to, uh, there's a lot of people and you know what, like, I know this is going to sound crazy. Right. But, and I'm not sticking up for pedophiles. Let me just start there. <laughs> but there are people on the sex offender list who I like, where this is going. <laughs> no, no, no. There are people like, you know, you can be registered a sex offender for like some wild ass shit. Right. Like there are people who are like on this, like there are people like you catch two teenagers having sex or like, or like go- engaging in sexual acts. They get put on the sex offender list or like, like, you know, some people like, go outside naked, like they're drunk, they go outside naked, they get arrested, and they get put on the sex offender list. Like, you ever heard of that crazy shit? Yeah, I know the sex offender list is, like, really broad in what's yeah. considered a sex offender. I'm not, I'm not talking about rapists and pedophiles. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people who sexually assault people. I'm talking about the people who are, like, um, like <laughs> the people who just, like, this, it, it's a fine line of situations. It's a fine line of situations. Um, but like, uh, the sex offender list is pretty broad too. But again, that, that would take a fine tooth comb and a magnifying glass, but definitely the drug offender law. Um, definitely the drug offender law. I think that, I think that that really messed up a lot of blacks as well, because, you know, people were getting arrested on suspected, like, oh, you, like people were getting, people used to get arrested back in the day for, so I don't, they, they still do get arrested for association. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you associate with a known drug dealer, so we're going to take you in mm-hmm. for questioning. And then that goes on your record. Like, yeah. oh, we got to take him in. And that's to say, like, you really have to, 
you know, you really have to comb that back and 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 really sit down and look at the laws that we've been put that have been put in place in the last 30, 40, 50 years and look at the people who, you know, it really shouldn't have applied to. Um, somebody we're on Facebook Live. Somebody said he really needs to pardon all of the minor drug offenses. Absolutely. All the minor. He really does. <laughs> he absolutely does. <laughs> I mean, if you're trafficking like right. kilos of cocaine and you get caught, like that's one thing. But like, if you had like an ounce of weed on you, like we could let that ride. Um, we could definitely yeah. let that ride. But I think that's what it is. I think it's a fear mm-hmm. of of people's rights getting taken away yeah. in a different way. Is why black men didn't want to vote for uh, um, Harris and and Biden. And black women, that's not something that black women have to worry about. You have to understand, black women. Um, out of out of the black demographic, they're obviously the least likely to commit a crime, um, especially being that they're the most intelligent and the most um, ambitious for an all encompassing word. We'll say ambitious of the two between black men and black women. So black women, uh, black women are between black men and black women. Black women are more likely to be educated. They're more likely to be employed. They're more likely to make more. And they're more likely to be in better situations than their black male counterparts. To so they the crime isn't an issue uh, with black women so much as it is black men. And I think that's the problem that black men are are put in a box by society, and then um, they black men are put in a box and they're scared. They're scared of what's going to reach in and grab them. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, and not to discredit black women's struggle at all. No, not not at all. But um 20% of black women didn't vote for Trump. So <laughs> so that's why we're not having this conversation about women. Y'all weren't pressed. I I, I, bl- I blame that I, I blame that that 20% are those people that are fiscally conservative personally, because uh it's always a the economic plan has got to be fiscally conservative. But you know, I actually read <laughs> up. On, that's actually, a whole other thing. I read up on that too, and I think uh, I read up on that too. And they were saying that, like, out of all the Trump supporters that were black men, it was like twenty-two percent had a that voted for Trump had a diploma, high school diploma or less. But then also, like, in the same token, like another. 20 something percent like 26 percent of black men who had high school diplomas or less voted for trump and then like another 22 percent who had beyond a high school diploma also voted for trump so it was like an almost even split of education as far as like voting for trump um it was kind of weird like the, the education really didn't matter um i think it i, I just think no. it came, i think it came to a point of um i think it was just fear like i think they rather face racism that they could see in the open than like some kind of hidden law that they yeah. caught up in down the road. I think that maybe that was what it was. I don't know. I voted. I, I did not vote for Trump. <laughs> so I can't tell you. I Listen, I, I was I, Trump. I, I said it on my Facebook status. I said that, you know, Trump was necessary. If we hadn't got Trump, Trump being in office allowed us to see America for what it really was. It allowed us to see him see the the ugly side of America that we'd swept under a rug, we'd hid in the back closet, and it brought to light a lot of people, the same people we talked to, shook hands with, 
um, you know, dated, whatever, the same people we interact with on a regular basis, it brought their true natures to life. That's what Trump did. Trump laid out the foundations for us to, the foundation for us to see what was wrong with America and start fixing it. So him being in office was absolutely necessary. If Trump hadn't got elected, if it was Hillary, any issues that we would have had would have got swept under the rug. Um, Hillary would have, this is the thing about the black vote, right? Taking it back to the black vote. If Hillary had won instead of Trump, Hillary, even though she's a white woman, she's a woman. So black people would have equated that. Black people would have equated the feminist struggle to the black struggle and said, well, she struggles like us because she's a woman. So she's one of us. Hillary would have talked all that talk and barely any laws would have got passed. Barely anything would have got done, if at all, for our people. But we wanted Hillary, not Trump. And so we would have been satisfied. It would have been business as usual. The status quo would have still been the same. The laws would still be the same. Nothing would have changed. We probably wouldn't have had to protest. Yeah, white men would have been mad that a woman was president, but we would have passed that off as uh, we would have passed that off as misogyny and, and let it roll down our backs. And we would have went about our lives. But Trump being elected gave us a civil rights movement. It, it invoked change to all gener- within all generations, especially our younger generation. Mm-hmm. And it forced us to see America for what it really is. It forced the world to see um, the world. People, we talk, America talks so much shit, like we're just so great. And the world is like, oh, they think they suck. It's like the world is like, oh, they think they so great, but they not shit. And we like, shut up, hater. But truth be told, America's trash. Like America's trash. And Trump forced us to I mean, look at our- it's Ventres. It's yeah. it, no, no, it forced it didn't force us to look at it. As, it, it forced white non-black people to realize right. that this place was tra- has always been trash. Yeah, it forced <laughs> what I, that's that's what I like. Trump forced white people to really look at themselves and be like, damn, we are trash. Like it forced black people who've been pretending. Like, no, nah, I can't pretend anymore. Like, he, he, he pushed that envelope. He made the world see us for what we really are. He made us see us for what we really are. And for that, Trump is necessary. Trump was a necessary evil. So for everybody like, man, fuck Trump, da-da-da, Trump gave you the civil rights movement that we've needed since the 60s. Trump gave us the opportunity to stop taking the bullshit that we take on a generational basis from the government that's in power. Now we're not afraid to protest. You gonna shoot up? You gonna shoot at us whether we protest it or not? So at this point, I might as well just protest. Right. At least I can protest and get my voice heard. You know, saying so you just shoot me in the street because I'm walking on it. Right. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that's that's the thing. Right. Like, Trump. And it's like we, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. And it's because he got elected that we had such a major voter turnout this year. Like, I forget what the exact percentage is of like how much um, voter turnout turned up from 2016 to now. But the fact that it went up significantly in the South overall, especially when it comes to black voters, because that old thing of. I'm not going to lie, not a lot of Black people did vote back then. Because, um, for example, one of my longtime customers at work, um, he's. I think he was 70 or 71. This was his first, and he's a black man, mind you, this was his first election 
he's ever voted in because he felt like his vote was finally going to matter. Like, that's how powerful this election has been. And it's why the South was able, especially Georgia in particular, was able to flip. It was because all the new Black voters coming out and all of the allies that were that came out during the summer civil rights movement realized backing up Black people that we were able to flip the votes down in the South. Like, it was because the allies were like if we really do care about black people and minorities in general we have to vote in their favor for once and which is why the turnout has been so good this year and that, that very struggling and anxiety ridden but and i mean and i mean the democrats tried to pander real hard to us hillary clinton did it on a hot nine seven when she when she had the hot sauce in her purse and they asked her if she had hot sauce to get the black vote and she said is it working Joe Biden told us we're not black if we don't vote for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> but at the same time, though, like the reason why blacks voted for Biden is one, because we were tired of the BS that came with Trump. But two, because truth be told, I feel like we needed to get Trump out the way. We know, we know as a collective that even with Kamala Harris as his VP, there's a big chance that Biden ain't gonna do shit for nobody. But we needed to get Trump out the way and bring in everybody else that Biden comes with in order to actually invoke change properly. And I think that's the, re- that's the reason why so many of us came out for Biden is because Biden is the key to getting where we need to go. He's the, he's the key to the door. And, you know, once Biden gets elected, we turn the key, open the door all the other stuff we we can start making we can start making all the other stuff happen and it's like i said on my personal page you know what i mean like we we have biden there but just because biden's elected doesn't mean we're going to tolerate the bs that comes from having him in office just because biden's there we're not going to sit back and be like oh well it's not trump so it's whatever we can tolerate this no we're at a point now where it's it doesn't matter who you are I feel like we're going to come for Biden heavier than we did for Trump because Biden said so much uh, in the in the realm of change and, and, and promise and hope in a better America. And I feel like now America, especially our generation, is at a point where we're so tired of the B.S. that even with we oh, with Biden and more so with Biden, we're not going to tolerate it because Biden saw where we came from. So there's no reason why his administration should take us anywhere near that. And even him being, even his administration mm-hmm. doing nothing would still be worse than him trying and failing. And so I think our generation, I think especially our generation is going to make sure we hold Biden too uh, and his administration and the government going forward after this ele- election, we're going to hold them to uh that promise of change, we're de- we definitely are. There's, and there's no reason why we shouldn't. We protested under worse circumstances at this point. Shit, we, we should be straight now. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> but those are my thoughts, Dan. You got any final thoughts before we wrap up? I'm proud of everyone, honestly, this year. Um, I, as stressful as this election's really been, especially watching the results, I, I, I'm really proud of America for so many people actually wanting to vote for once in their lives. Like I ain't mad, but I'm like, and shout out to all the poll workers and all the people out there that have been counting these votes. I, I can't imagine the amount of stress that they're under right now. So that's why I'm just like, I'm patient with them because I, I wouldn't want to do this personally. So shout out to them. 
So somebody asked, um, how can Biden be the key if we're aware of his policies and his VP and are and they're both just trash? Because with Trump out the way, right? You remember when Obama was elected and people didn't really fuck with black people like that? Like they, you know, white people kind of like, well, oh, they got a black president. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could feel it in the atmosphere. Um, like you, you really could. You know, with Trump being elected, all of a sudden racists just decided they could pop up out of nowhere because Trump was not condemning them. So they felt free to do what they wanted. With Biden in office, I get like I said, I'm fully aware that Biden is, you know, I'm 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 aware of his policies. But with Biden in office, it gets Trump out the way. It moves that old generational hate out. It allows our generation to now sit back and take a look at what we want and what we need out of this country and really push to cultivate it like we've been doing. Um, we can't do it under Trump because of the mentality and the attitude that Trump cultivates and he brings to life out of people. So we can't do it through Trump. We have to do it through somebody else. And it just happened to have to be Biden just because that's who, if it was Bernie, oh, we'd be lit. Like if it was Bernie, it'd be a done deal. <laughs> but like, you know, Bernie is with the shit. It's a done deal if it was Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie's with the shits, man, but we didn't get Bernie. So because we didn't get Bernie, we couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, if it was Bernie, this be, it'd be a wrap. We'd be like, all right, Bernie won. We're about to pop bottles, and then we're about to get to work. But that's not who we have. And they're not going to give us somebody as progressive as Bernie because Bernie wanted to take the whole system. He wanted to take it down. He wanted to start from scratch. He wanted to destructuralize the social the social standard, social structure. He wanted to do a lot. And that was too much for old, white, rich, white people. They were not ready for all that. So they put Biden in place to give us the baby step procedure that we've always had. And that's why. But Biden in place gives our generation an opportunity to restructure the restructure this country. We're up next, guys. We're up next. The youngest senator in history, he just got elected. Yeah. He's, how old was he? 30? I think it was less. I think it was 30 something. Maybe, maybe not even. Like, we're up next. I think it's that. In five years, I can run for president. The 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 age right, like a lot of us will be eligible. Yeah, yeah. The youngest age to run for president is thirty five. Like I got five years, I can run for president. We yeah. are, we are, at our generations at the precipice to make change, and that's why it's important that we do. Right, so. like millennials are, are older. Millennials are at that point where the next election, the older millennials will be technically be eligible to run for presidents. If and if we can get this momentum change, because this is how we can finally start getting third parties viable. Right. Once, like, this is how it starts. This is why I tell people, please vote at your local and state levels, because mm -hmm. if you can get those third parties started at your local and state levels, this is how you get it taken seriously at the national level. And we already explained to you guys that the government could give no fucks about state laws, because even though the government gave blacks the right to vote, state laws still overturned it. So clearly, <laughs> there's no real bridge. I'm not saying that there's no real bridge, but like if you vote at your state, if you vote at your local and state level, right? That like 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 Nico said, that's that's your gateway. But yeah, uh, somebody said we need to stop accepting what they give us, and until that day, we're going to keep getting what we're given. True, but at the same time, you have to understand this: we can take what they've given us, especially considering it's Biden and Harris, and push for something better. It's like when you get your first car. And you save up for a better one, but you got to grind. And at this point, we're at the grinding point. We're at the grinding point, and we could definitely, um, we could definitely get out there, uh, and and get it done. 
and that's all the time we have, guys. So we're going to get out of here. You, you ready to go? Mm-hmm. All right. So we appreciate you guys yes. joining us. It's your boy, Jonathan D. Angelo, <laughs> a.k.a. Johnny D. Girl, Nico Yasha 09. And we appreciate you guys tuning into Thank the blur. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> you work here. What you mean? Having you again. You literally work here. <laughs> Hi, surprise. You didn't make an announcement that I was official. <laughs> I literally, what? Nico Hi, works I'm here. Hi, I'm an official member now. Nico I works he was here. Make a big announcement. Oh, no. uh, Nico. Oh, my <laughs> bad. The, I, I thought you did on the last podcast. You were on um that way as a guest. I thought that's. No. Oh, you didn't say nothing. Wow, you, you just not repping. So, oh, okay. So Nico Yasha 09 is part of the Blur View crew, y'all. Give it up for Nico. She will be a regular on the show. This is her. This is her home. Y'all will catch her with me every Friday, putting out <laughs> content. So y'all welcome Nico. We'll yep. make it more official on the on the on the channels. But you just was like, "Oh, thank you for having me." Again. Like you, like you, I'm like, you work here. Like, what do you? <laughs> but yeah, you guys, you play right into my hands. Oh, that's what I did. Okay, but you guys stay safe. <laughs> you guys stay safe. Y'all have a great weekend, and um, don't hurt nobody. All right? Don't hurt nobody. <laughs> it's, it's still going to be. Oh, and go check out The Mandalorian. The new episode dropped uh, tonight, today. So y'all go check that out. We out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.